A-E-I-O-U, and sometimes, why is the English language so messed up? I mean, why can be I, and why can be E, or why can be Y? That even makes sense, but it makes sense to those who can make sense of it. Listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Buds. Hello, hello, Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk Week, and that means I'm here with my good friend and co-host and co-founder, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. What's up, Chris? Uh, I like that little intro, man. I think you it was like all up and down. It was like, and then down, back up again. I had the roller coaster effect on another Indie Talk Week with my co-host and founder, it's almost you know? melodic. <laughs> there you end. Almost. What are you talking about, man? That was quite melodic. I enjoyed it. I was along for the ride. <laughs> I, if you make, if you talk like that in a show, no one knows where to stop listening to you at. <laughs> but if you talk like that in real life, then no one invites you to their parties. Hey, exactly. I would actually. I've wanted to be able to speak in like announcer voice to you know in front of people that I don't know. I thought mm-hmm. that would be like super awesome. Like you get introduced to somebody. Okay. Hi, how are you? <laughs> it is a pleasure to meet you. My name is Nicholas Bugs and yours. Oh, hi, Jennifer. It, <laughs> you know, just like yeah. do the whole conversation <laughs> that way. And just like, but maybe just keep going. Hi, Jennifer. Yes, it is a beautiful day outside. If you're looking out there, it's sunny. It's slightly sunny, slightly cloudy. I think there's a chance of rain. I think the chance of rain might be 30%. Today, tomorrow, the next day, I think we're going to have a wonderful week. What do you think, Jennifer? It doesn't matter what you think. I'm just going to keep on talking. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a great voice, why stop talking? Right. Exactly. Like, don't need your input here. And, and that's wonderful. You can say that, too. It's like, you know, why would I stop talking? Can you hear me? Do you, <laughs> <laughs> do you hear this lusciousness coming out of my mouth? Then ha, why should I give you a turn? Why? <laughs> bless the world with your crackly voice yeah, right Let me continue on but yeah i you know there there are ways i've told i've had this hack before speaking of like uh social interactions or i've talked about this hack before uh in social interactions so if you're stuck at a party and you want to be able to it's hard to leave sometimes yeah it's hard to tell everybody you're going they give you the foe. Oh, already? <laughs> you know, and then it's like, well, wait, we were just about to. And, you know, all that stuff. And so um, uh, there's a phrase that you can just say as you walk out the door that no one can really discern, but sounds like words. It's like, uh, it's something like uh, Rastafrasican. So you just, you go to the door, you kind of put your hand up to say bye. You say, Rasta Frost again. 
And then, <laughs> and then everybody's like, ah, okay. And, this, and, you, you, and it allows you to leave the, the party. This is the thing that works. Like yeah, you've done works. this before. Right. Rouse and rouse again. <laughs> <laughs> just able to, you're able to get so, out of there. So, so basically what you're doing is you're making it so that they can't respond because they don't know what to respond to. So they just let you leave. But they're socially embarrassed. That they didn't understand. Didn't understand. Right. Because yeah. someone else waved their hand and was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you waved like your it. hand and it was acknowledged that everyone understood it. Why didn't you understand it? So there's nothing that <laughs> you're kind of frozen. And in that moment of frozen, you can, you can walk out the door. Uh, yeah, speaking someone's going to be like, did he just say that he was Rastafarian? Yeah, as you leave, as you leave. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. That reminds me of that old uh, David Tell joke, too, where, you know, when it, if anyone leaves early, it's like your responsibility to tell them the craziest things happen right after you left. There you go. I like as it. As soon as you left, Beyonce showed up. <laughs> right. <laughs> as soon as you left, five midgets came in a mariachi band. You wouldn't there believe you go. it. Right. Like as soon as you had you just waited, you would have enjoyed seen, yeah. it. Yeah, um, nice. But yeah, these, this is this has been party etiquette by Chris and Nick. Um, <laughs> but speaking of Frozen, by the way, um, there is a animated movie that I watch as part of my movies to watch list. Um, going into the Academy Awards, which is this upcoming Sunday, and I'm running out of time. Again, I've never had this many movies to watch to prepare for the show so I can gamble on who's going to win and not going to win like I like to do every year. I put I put my money where my my uh, viewership is uh, <laughs> right. every year. Uh, there's a film called Flea. Great animated movie. Got that off my list. Um, it sells you hard uh, on how great it's going to be. And it's pretty good. You will remember it because it's animated and they had to animate it to protect the guy's uh, identity, which is remarkable in 2022 that you just can't be who he is without fear of retribution or some sort of punishment. But that was an absolutely beautiful um, uh, film. And um, I'll, let, me, let me take you back. Yeah, let me take you back to that real quick. So you said it sets you up for like how great it's going to be. But then you said it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that it lived up to how great it set it up to be? Or are you saying it's only just pretty good? Um, I mean, it's only just pretty good. I mean, like okay. it's not compared, to, especially compared to the group of films that um, are are it, sort of in its in its um, category peer group. Yeah, no, not its category, but its peer group. Like in terms of these are Academy qualifying. These are the best movies of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, red rocket. I just saw Sean Baker's done it again. Unbelievable, funny, heartbreaking. uh, So good at writing characters that remind you of people you might know or people you've seen, or you imagine you might know Uh, hats off to Sean Baker, who we've mentioned, I think, a few times in the last Indie Talks, uh, coincidentally, but just saw Red Rocket. So, so good. Finally knocked Licorice Pizza they did. Off, <laughs> off the list. Um, the title, I think, messes people up. 
like, why don't we just name um, our movie, you know, uh, ketchup hot dog or like, like <laughs> what, what's going on? Like, I guess that's not a perfect analogy because you know, no, and it's good because yeah, yeah, but I, I get what you yeah, I get I get what you're saying though because I'm sure that for some people it might have turned them off to watching it, you know, because yeah. that's the thing you kind of look at the title like is that something I'd be interested in where that doesn't really explain. So you really have to know or care something about the writer, producer, director, mm-hmm. you know, or even the distributor to, to want to watch it. Of course, if it gets shortlisted well, for Paul Academy Thomas Awards. Anderson, so yeah, that, yeah exactly. That, that drives, you, that drives <laughs> yeah. me at least because he's made some of my favorite movies. Yeah. But the problem was, is I'd heard from a few people that I uh, respect on these things that the movies, you know, you're watching these two characters and the movie's just okay. And I'm like, or it's good, but it's like, it's just, you know, I'm like, I start watching it. I'm like, Oh my God, this is incredible. It's not, it's not anything like, like, so there, I, and to be fair, I had a few more people tell me it was incredible. And I'm with those people that say it's incredible, but the same thing happened with French dispatch. When I watched the Wes Anderson movie, you know, there were people who just aren't a fan of characters that talk that much in his cut style. And you know, if you don't like that, then the movie's off for you from Jump Street. But I geek out on that stuff. I mean, just the opening shot alone of the, the maitre d' carrying a tray and it's one continuous shot of him going up these stairs all the way to the top. I mean, it, it just, he just had a bunch of, it, it, watching French Dispatch is like going to film school. Like if you were a cinematographer, and a director, and maybe even a writer, I would assign French Dispatch and say, hey, just nice. watch the technical on this. Watch it for entertainment later. Watch the technical on this. So I'm down to just a few days left, and I'm down to just a few movies. Here's what's left. Drive My Car, which is a, a Japanese film, I believe. It's three hours long. You actually have to have this block of time. And I just haven't <laughs> right. had a three hour. I honestly haven't had a three hour block. No. Well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, even for the, all the other movies, I mean, think about it. each of those is a two hour block of time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you add them all up, that's a lot of blocks of time. So it is. I've dedicated you know, a lot of my life no, to this so no, far. Yep. No, no as it turns feet, out, my friend, um, parallel mothers, right. Penelope Cruz. That's left. The worst person in the world. Yep. That's left. I think. Those are the final three. There was another movie on the list called Hand of God. I can't find it anywhere. So we'll let that ride. But okay. Drive My Car, Parallel Mothers, Worst Person in the World. And then I can actually get back to like enjoying some of these indie films that are on the list that I sort of promised I would watch a long time ago. Films from friends of ours and, and people we know. So anyway, I don't know. What I'll pick right now, like I've said before, I don't know what I'll pick as best movie of the year, but right now I think it's going to be Power of the Dog or Coda. I liked both of them a lot. Um, but like I've always said, the the movie that left me with the best feeling when I left and the performances were great, the writing was great, was Come On, Come On. And I think it's just going to be one of the ones that gets forgotten about. Oh, so you're saying, unfortunately, So back to what you said. So you, what do you think is the best movie? Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. But you're saying you think that Power of the Dog is going to win that or Coda. Yeah. Okay. Because it, some, you remember playing Mario Brothers and you had to pick a character. And it's like if you pick Princess, you pick somebody who could float for long distances. If you oh, pick yeah. Ouija, you pick someone who could jump really high. And if you pick Toad, you pick someone who was short to the ground but really quick. But if you picked Mario, you got all the attributes in one person. Someone who's not the highest jumper but jumps pretty high. Who can mm-hmm. float but can't float like her. Who's pretty quick but not quick as Toad. And sometimes for me, it was like, just pick Mario. Cause you're not short on anything. You're just not great at any one thing. And, and you might need all those attributes at different times in the game. Well, that's what power of the dog is to me. It's good at everything. It doesn't, it's or, or excellent. I should say at everything. I mean, the directing, the, the shots, um, you know how hard it is to shoot in mountains and deal with light. Like it's just, they kill it. Uh, the set design, the performances, the pace, the, the, the pacing, where it just wants you to just, it just slowly builds you almost to the point of something's going to happen now. It's got to happen, right? And then it happens. So and it has the best subtle twist I've seen in a, in a really long time. Very subtle twist. It's not like usual suspects where the twist just kind of like hits you like a ton of bricks. But it's it's so well done. So I think that's why it'll win. And then Coda is is the one that you know is 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 the one that really gives you the physical emotional response. Like, okay, I cried at this, and then I watched it again and cried again. It's it's yeah, probably because well, one, you know, for the story and and you know the events of it that made you cry, but it's also. You know, if you compare it to Power of the Dog, can you see yourself in the Power of the Dog situation versus can you see yourself in Coda, right? Can you see yourself yeah. in the in the realism of Coda? Like, yeah, Coda's you know, a real re- modern time sort it, of exactly. So it it hits different, right? It does, it does, and it's yeah. different. You haven't seen anything. You haven't been presented with this problem in a lot of films, which is what happens if you're an entire family your entire family is death except one person and the burden that one person has to carry for everything that you do in your life from ordering food at a restaurant to communicating with other adults to solving quarrels at work and other places and then you layer on top of it you've been gifted with the talent of singing really well and -hmm. your entire family can't experience it so they have no idea they don't know how to value it but the rest of the world values it quite a bit. So a yeah, juxtaposition takes place that's pretty intense. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting world. And and some of the things that I've seen in that CODA space is even the fact that they have to kind of like, there's this weird line between, you know, those who can hear and those who can't. And, you know, a person who can hear, but then also speak sign language, the folks who speak sign language and can't hear kind of see them as outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you're, you're not really one of us, even though they live like that almost every day, you know, it's just, it's an interesting thing in that community that isn't often something we're aware of. Like, can you imagine like deaf prejudice? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, within the community, it's, it's an yeah. odd thing, right. To be con- like to consider, yeah, I'm a deaf person and I have some level of prejudice against someone who knows sign language, but isn't deaf themselves. It's like, well, you don't really understand my plight. 
Yeah. Right. It, yeah. That kind of thing. So it's a, it's definitely a whole world that probably, probably deserves exploration. And it's awesome that, that Coda is here to start that at least. Yeah. Apple TV and, and look, hot take Apple is here. They want to be a player. They're here to stay, you know, indie filmmakers. We talk about pitching to Netflix all the time. How about pitching to Apple? Yeah. You know, Apple from day one has been a place that has supported the independent creative, whether it be in music or, or, or digital art and now in film, because even if you had an independent film and you rolled it out and got a, a shitty services deal, um, you know, iTunes was still your, your, your one hope to get fair market value because people had to buy your movie. They had to pay for it. Yeah. They to, and they had to pay. Yeah. They had to pay to see it, pay to play. And Apple was strong enough and big enough to say, yeah, this is what it costs to buy this particular piece of art. If you want to see it, this is what you pay. And if it's convenient to the viewer, they just end up paying it because no one misses the $6. Just Cause that's the truth of it. The truth of it <laughs> is people put up this big guff about how much certain pieces of art cost, but you don't miss it. Like you can't take your marbles with you when you die. Like before Napster, albums were getting very expensive, but not against inflation. And there's not one person that has a piece of vinyl or a cassette or a CD that they love. They look back on it now and regret it. They're like, I own this. It feels so good yeah. to own it. And like it, I don't it still miss today. Dollars. I don't miss the fifteen bucks. I don't miss the ten ninety nine. Yeah, it, it still happens today. I think free. that's what yeah, that's what people forget, right? Yes, there's a lot of it is quote unquote free, right? Mm-hmm. But people still do buy vinyl. Yep, I do. People still buy DVDs and Blu-rays. Like that's not gone. You know, it still does happen. There's still a market for that. So yeah, there's still value to it. And I'm with you. There's something about also just having the thing, right? Owning it, not just passively. I listen to it. It's gone or I watch it. It's gone. It's like, no, owning it. Now I have it. I can watch it whenever I want. I can share it with friends. I can do whatever, but there is a a benefit to the ownership piece of it. Yeah. There's always a knife to your neck in today's uh, sort of consuming culture. In my opinion, The, the company that owns the platform always has a knife to your neck. And it's the day that never happens, but it's like an existential threat all the time. Like, okay, I'll suspend your account. That means you've lost access to everything you've paid for, your entire library. You know, it's a big deal. Like Kanye just got his Instagram account suspended. I don't know what that's like because we just don't get controversial in that way yet. (laughs) Right. I guess. Or or no one cares, right? Which is more likely the case, um, what we're talking about. But um with Kanye, like, what does it mean to have your account suspended? What did he have that was personal to him that might he might even own that lives within that particular account? And can you get get access to those those artifacts even if your account suspended? I don't know. You know, if Apple says, you know, we're canceling your account, do they give you a download of all everything you've purchased? Probably not. Like, so I think there's still value in owning the thing. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's, again, I think through the physical or digital media, it doesn't matter. You know, people are still wanting to own, but I will say that, you know, again, on the flip side of that, there's a lot of passive um, enjoyment of content. Yeah. Right. Where I think for me, when I want to own something, there's something that's tied to that. 
Right. Yeah, and something greater than just an enjoyment of listening to something. Cause I can listen to iTunes stuff and Hey, that song was great in the moment. Right. I won't go back to it ever. If I lose access to it, it's no big deal, but there are certain things that I think are, are super meaningful. And I'd say that from the indie film space, I would say this is where the friends and family need to really come through for artists, right? Own their stuff. Yeah. Don't passively watch their stuff for free. You know, like own it because yeah, the DVD on you Amazon. know, yeah, you know the person who made that, right? There's a connection there. And that's something that's worth having in your hand. Yeah, I totally agree. And the thing about, um, you know, Apple and, and iTunes in general from the beginning is it probably did increase consumption, right? Because when you had to pay for it out of your own pocket and then carry it around and actually warehouse it, because that's kind of what you're doing. When you buy something, you're like, yep. put it into your home and finding a place for it. <laughs> but no matter what it is, you're buying, you're a little bit more precious about the purchase. You're like, do I really need this? Do I really want it? Why do I want it? And you question it. But when you don't have to own it necessarily outright, and it can live in a cloud in a digital space, you rent more, you, you listen more, you consume more, you buy mm -hmm. more. So there is a flip side to that ownership where more yep. people can be involved because the commitment, the bar for commitment is, is much lower. But the, all that tangent aside, it's like, I know Netflix is awesome. People in the indie space should look to selling to Apple because the other thing is Apple is deeply concerned with story. Like they want to tell a story about people and it shows throughout their entire catalog that yes, they're interested in a list and they have a ton of that and they pay for it. But when you look at their movie space and things they acquire, they really care about story about people. Right. There's yep. a particular that's the heart Apple of the type story right that's there. perfect for indie. That's right. Yep. And I think, I think we should, we'll do some more research on what that takes yeah. and, and get back to this audience on that and figure it out. We, we haven't talked by the way, in so long that there's a whole war that's broken out since the last time we were on here. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's a war happening and we have the theater of war I've seen with Zelensky and uh, Putin and uh, the Israeli and uh, prime minister and French uh, president and uh, Macron and, mm -hmm. um, Biden, of course. And so we've seen the theater, the talking heads. Of course, we can't leave them out. And then we've seen the fog of war where no one can confirm what happens in the war unless you're on the ground there because you never know what information you're getting is, is pure and, and who it's from and for what leveraged purpose. And that's why I say nothing's fair and are all's fair in love and war. Um, but our concern is the movie business. And one of the things that, that came directly to my mind is, is could you go to, you know, with Putin being on the offensive and it, and it being a regime that mirrors China, I mean, could you go to LeBron right now, if you're a reporter and say, Hey, do you still think Daryl Morey is uh, miseducated about, uh, how communism works and dictatorship work. Like you, like you said several years ago when his job was on the line, when he said he supported the freedom of the Uyghurs. I mean, like would LeBron be bold enough to say, yeah, 
Daryl Morey still needs to be re-educated. Yeah, China works, Russia works, you know? And we forget about these people who like put their brand and name on the line for these countries so that the money could keep flowing in. Like we already, I think John Cena's taken an absolute beating. I don't want to pile on, but he's another one. He's taken an absolute beating. I mean, doesn't he just have to hide right now? Like he apologized to China in Chinese about Taiwan. And now Taiwan could get invaded because no one's paying attention to that because of a very similar regime, you know, doing to Ukraine what China wants to do to Taiwan. So in the movie business, it, you know, they're so tied to these terrible, terrible regimes. At what point do you have to put that aside and say, okay, this is wrong. Um, even if it hurts our money, Nick, I'm, I'm standing with Ukraine. I'm standing with Liberty. I'm standing with whatever, you know? Yeah. You take that on an individual by individual basis, right? There's no general consensus on how people are going to approach situations like that based off of the relationships they've had in the past or the relationships they have now, you know, like you said, you know, do you put the money aside? It may not be as simple as their money, right? Their, their money, their brand, their future, you know, some of the connections that got them to where they are, who knows, you know, we don't know enough about the, the backstory or the background, you know, of these individuals and they're going to take it on an individual by individual basis. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think, you know, the, the broader view of it is like, you know, is there going to be a response from Hollywood um, about the kind of the Russian regime oligarchy and things like that you know if you take it back to you know some of the movies in the what what 80s 90s you know when you you have all these you know russian villains yeah i was was just gonna say that yeah yeah are are we gonna see a time when we go back to that and what does it look like you know i mean i think there was archetypes back then you know they're all the russians were huge yeah, you know huge guys and you know we were battling against them and I'm, i'm curious you know what that looks like going forward, like how will Hollywood, you know, respond to this, you know, how will they reflect it in our history? You know, will they stay away from it? You know, I don't know. I mean, well, I'm very curious to see, I'm, you know, where's Sean Penn? Yeah. We haven't heard from Sean in a minute. Yes. All that Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher got thank yous for their support from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard from Sean Penn. He was great in licorice pizza, by the way. Exactly. And that there's a tie, but I'm just, I'm curious, but yeah. So for me, that's what I'm, I'm really interested in in finding out is, you know, what is Hollywood's response? There usually is some level of um, you could say theatrical portrayal of their version of history. Yeah. And the victims are the Russian people. These people don't want the war. Right. And the same thing that happened is that's happening there happens here. When we go to war, if you speak against it, you're unpatriotic, you're disloyal. You're a traitor. And if you don't want yep. the war and you're a Russian right now, you're a disloyal, a traitor, not a patriot. And of course, you can be killed. Yep. You got it. You killed. You jailed. And, and, jailed. And it, yeah. Yeah. I always thought it was a, it was hypocritical, but the from Hollywood that they would make, you know, um, Russian villain movie after Russian villain movie and then be in bed with China. But that, yeah. that hypocrisy or, or be in bed with that, Russia. That, hypo- <laughs> that, yeah. that hypocrisy is recent, though. Yeah. Right. Like what happened was, you know, China started acting like a capitalist you know, country. 
And a lot of Asian people got rich, uh, you know, without them sort of copying the practices, economic practices of the West, you wouldn't have a Jack Ma if he still exists, mm-hmm. uh, you know, founder of Alibaba. Like you wouldn't have these, um, you know, these industries that weren't just copying someone else's IP, but, you know, stand alone as their own, uh, you know, invention as their own. Cause you know, the culture there wouldn't allow for that. And you open the floodgates up and now you're allowed to go be an inventor, go be a founder, right. go be a startup, use that education. You know, companies like Neo or NIO, I don't know how they pronounce it, but uh, with, with the way they do the battery swapping for electric cars, for example. So there are companies that grew out of that, but then when they got too big and threatened the power of Xi Jinping, then it's like, okay, let me put the foot down and let you know, you know, still who's in charge. It's within the confines of that, the governmental control. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's innovation, you know, but hey, this right. is innovation for the, the benefit of China. Right. That's really what it comes down right. to. That whole thing we talked about in terms of like socialist harmony mm-hmm. and how hard it is and, and what liberties everyone has to give up in order for there to be this idea of perfect harmony. Um, but living in perfect harmony isn't the same as singing in perfect harmony. So, <laughs> and we make that analogy and it's incorrect. Uh, but, you know, the movie industry is like, whoa, wait a second. You guys are making movies. You're spending billions of dollars on it. You have studios. Our box office is hurting domestically. Now we can put the movie over there and make most of our yep. money there. We'll go with whatever you think is right. <laughs> right. We're, we're good. We're good. Right. We're no, good. No, yeah. Whatever no you think is right. No villains in our movies. Yeah. <laughs> right. All the Chinese villains go away. There won't be any weird uh, uh, insignia that's, you know, there won't be any symbolism that's anti, you know, so. Right. Uh, and you just don't see those villains anymore. But the fact of the matter is, is that regime is very similar to Russia and very similar to North Korea and similar to these places that we vilify, you know, all the time. And so I just think that as a, as an industry, both studio system and indie need to be unified and decide one way or the other, what are our principles? What do we believe in? You know, we're not talking about Chinese people. And I say, yeah, and I say, good luck. Um, yeah, and I say good luck with that. The unification yeah. of principles and values, and it's coming about, up with it's ones. About governments. Yeah, it's like yeah, we're yeah. yeah maybe correct. we're maybe maybe it's not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> exactly. Maybe, like maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, one quick thing Imagine. before we before we before we wrap up um, is this idea of we hear a lot of indies and indie filmmakers and and hear from a lot of them that are going into making their first feature film and, or deciding to make a feature film, um, seeing uh, actors that, you know, say, okay, well, what better way to boost my reel than to make and write a movie that I star in. And for investors, this is a, this is a really bad, bad deal. You're right. For investors, this is a, this is a run the other direction kind of deal unless there's a really strong why and that actor is writing and leading in it and not for their real. Yeah, that's, that's you're like you're testing the waters. You're just, it's like a, it's not even yeah. a pilot. It's like a proof of concept or something like that. Right. But yeah. I, that's not an investment. You don't invest in someone's real. 
Yeah, and they're real. <laughs> that's, right. not a, that's not a thing. Right. And then the movie's almost guaranteed to be made poorly because everybody on the team is going to be mercenary for that reason. And everybody's going to know what it's really for. And you're not telling a story that matters. It's all about getting this, you know, this one person um, to get Spring more time. exposure. Right. And, you know, they say when you go on an ego trip, you, you typically travel alone. And that, so I'm surprised by that. And then we have other filmmakers that just say, Hey, I want to jump right into the the den and make a, a feature because I'm just not good at short form narrative, but I don't know. I, I, the question I have for you is, is should anyone in indie start at feature or should they just make some shorts first? Like, what's your feeling on like what the ramp should be? Yeah. Well, you know, my, my feeling on that, man, it's just, it's shorts. You know, it's like for so many different reasons, I think, you know, one of them is, is funding, you know, it's a lot easier to fund or to finance a short than it is for a feature film. So, you know, there's less work on, you know, upfront to get your project off the ground Two, I think it's easier to put a team together to make a short three. I think once you start putting teams together to make shorts, you build teams. Yeah. Right. I think people start out in that mercenary state maybe in the beginning because they're for hire. But then once you do the first one, then you say, Hey, I think this team works really well together. Maybe minus that one person, right? There's one person on the team that we shouldn't be doing this with anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's go ahead and move forward and find a replacement. And then you kind of work through those kinks, you know, with the short films where, you know, working on a feature, man, that's what three to five years of your life potentially. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine like putting all that time in just to not get the result that you want in the end? Whereas a short, you could have been done in, you know, maybe it would take six months to a year. Right. Or maybe it takes three to six months, depending on the team that you're with. Or three so to six days. It, right. Or three, three to six days. days. So, yeah. So it's one of those where yeah, I'm definitely a, a fan. And th- there's so many different avenues for shorts. Right. You can get those into festivals. You know, you can win an Emmy for a short. You know, you can get them into public television to get people's eyes on it. There's so many different ways to leverage a short film uh, without the angst, without the time, without the effort. And again, you know, you do a a feature film and it costs, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to millions of dollars. And, you know, if you screw the pooch on that, then you might have just killed, you know, the, the investors, as in the investors may not invest, one, in you anymore, but two, they may no longer invest in independent film. Yeah. You know, you mess that up for everybody, <laughs> you know? So, so and for me, I'm hundred percent short films first. Even if it's your dog, people will frown on you. If you screw the pooch, even if it's your dog, I, I don't even know what to do. Please I don't even know what to do with that comment. I, I don't even know what to do. With in, in a negative context. <laughs> and it's just like, look, it's your dog. It's your dog. Yeah, yeah. Not, uh, not, no, you should you there. should not screw you should not screw the pooch. It's not <laughs> right. Exactly, you should not, not screw the pooch. Not it's not a good yourself. thing. Don't do that. Nor it's yourself. not fair to the dog. Yeah, so well, I was getting it. there. <laughs> I was getting there. Yeah, we shouldn't do that. I love the point about building the team. Yeah, as well. How many times have we heard from you know sort of behind the scenes, like behind closed doors? I will never work with never that producer with that again. again. And I will never work with this, <laughs> this director again. I will never, or this, this, I cannot believe this actor called the producer on me and you know, like all these things. It's like to find that out on your mil- million dollar feature film that hurts. 
Yeah. That hurts. You could have tested the water on what it was like to work with that person for a range of free to maybe 20 grand. Right. Tops. Yep. So, and from a range of one day to maybe getting out of post six months, right? Like, like so much time wasted, right? Your, your real life, your real life that you can't, you know, take back and adjust. By the way, you'd be really proud of me. Um, Well, I know you're proud of me every day, but (laughs) you would, you would, um, you you would, you would enjoy this uh, parental tip I gave last night. And to those parents out there that have kids that do music or art or sports, uh, feel free to take this one little, uh, cause we, cause as parents, we like bars. Like a, like if you can give your kid a like bar, putting our kids behind them. Well, it prevents your kids from being behind <laughs> bars. If you can give them yeah. enough like knowledge bombs and bars, you know, right. when they're growing up. And I had a bar last night, bro. I okay. had a, I had a, I had a 16, you know, I, 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 I dropped it uh, on my youngest and just said, Hey, don't forget, this is your real life. As she was headed out to soccer practice. Don't forget, this is your real life. Go out there and, and play to your best ability. You can't go back and fix it later. You right. can't go back sure. and wish you gave some effort later. Right. Once you do it, it's in the banks of time. It's in the annals. Can't ever take it back. Can't, can't, you can go back and read that chapter, but you can't edit it. Right. You just go out and do your best every time because this isn't this isn't the internet, you know. This is a reality <laughs> TV. This isn't Roblox, as Jack, as, as right, Jack Nicholson said in The Departed. <laughs> this isn't reality TV. No, this is your real right. life. Go out and do great, and that's a good message I'd like to send to our audience in our community. Hey, if you got some shortcoming, some fear, some anxiety, don't forget this is your real life. Go out and do the thing you want to do and do it fearlessly, but not recklessly. There's a difference between fearless and reckless. You can be an idiot and waste everybody's time and money and endanger people. uh, Or you can do it the right way, but don't let your internal voice, the one I have, Nick has, we all have, keep you from doing a thing. So. Nick, this has been a blast per usual. What I'm, yeah, man. I'm not even surprised anymore. It's just, <laughs> it's just we just roll in here and, and roll and it's, through it. Yeah. It's like it's like I've known you for 20 years. It's weird. It's like that. It is. It's like that. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Um, for those listening, do you know that you can find this podcast, this conversation? In 35 plus different places across <laughs> the World Wide Web, you can find us everywhere. Make sure you find us on uh, the the player of your choice. And if they provide an opportunity for you to rate this podcast five stars, please rate this podcast five yep, stars. It would mean it. and subscribe to us and subscribe. Absolutely, why not subscribe? Yep, we're not spamming you. We don't spam. Right, miss <laughs> a, uh, a time or two a week, and um, we promise you know we'll give everything we have to it because we realize this is our real life too. Um, the preamble I will save, but uh, in terms of questions and concerns, I always like to say that part, Nick, just because it's 
coming from our voices. We want you to reach out to us. We want you to engage. You can do that by emailing us at contact at bonsai.film. That's an email address. You type it up. You put it into your little client and you type it up and then we get it. And then we respond. We promise we respond to everything. And uh, the way a lot of people do reach out to us is on social media and those DMs. So underscore Bonsai Creative, uh, that's where you can find us for now. We might have some changes coming soon to those handles or give you some different handles, different ways to reach out to us. And then last but certainly not least, um, support this podcast uh, in a financial way. I know you do with your ears and your hearts, but you can also do it uh, in a dollars and cents way. And that really helps us out. It helps us do this thing. It takes a lot of work. Anyone that tells you you just turn on your phone and you make a podcast is lying. That's just not how a good, consistent podcast is how you make a good podcast. <laughs> uh, that's just how you record your voice. And that was invented right. years ago called Voice Recorder. Uh, and you could ha- hold that in your hand. That's been around for decades. So podcasting is a little bit different. A lot more goes into it. And we need your help. So you can do that at... Uh, bonsai.film so www.bonsai.film forward slash true fans and we're also going to give you some different ways to contribute uh, coming up here uh, in the near future as well so with that Nick can you leave us with the credo of course of course all all of our uh, filmmaking fans and filmmaking friends out there be better be creative be engaged and thank you for listening Nick talk to you soon Yes, sir. We'll do it again, man. This is fun. Yes, sir. As always. All right. Talk soon. Yes, sir. Take it easy. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice, by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative and the show will pop right up. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please visit www.bonsai.film and click Contribute. Contributions start at only $5 monthly. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. You can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film and you can follow me, Chris, on Twitter at Flaming Your Heart. That's F-L-A-M-E-I-N-U-R-H-E-A-R-T. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, Go to www.bonsai.film and click on services to explore a variety of offerings from keynotes and panels to pitch readiness assessments and so much more. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.